You're listening to The Big Picture with Edwin Eisendraft on WCPT 820. Okay, I'm hoping some of you found that tweet and have picked some organizations that you will personally get involved with and help in the next weeks as we uh, campaign. I'm joined again um, and gratefully joined by by David Pepper. At least I'm grateful. Um, He's the author of the thriller, A Simple Choice, and the nonfiction, but I think even more frightening, Laboratories of Autocracy. He is one of the, you know, he's one of really more people than you would know who have, in the face of the autocratic threat to the United States, turned his life upside down to fight for all of us. David, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be with you again. Um, I, 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 need, I need your help explaining something. I was talking to really one of my oldest friends last week, and I, and I told him that Ohioans were being forced to vote on unconstitutional maps, maps that their Supreme Court said they can't use. And, and my friend said to me, ah, that's not possible. I don't believe you. We don't live in a country where that's possible. You know, court, he said, well, the courts should just impose a better map. I said, yeah, they don't actually have that power in Ohio. How do I how do we get people to really understand the perfidiousness of this and that it is actually happening? Yeah, you know, it really it is an unbelievable situation. So I kind of get that initial response. We just think that couldn't happen here. And the other day I did one of these whiteboards, which I try and do occasionally. And, you know, people may think this is a little bit uh, over the top, but I think it's true. And I, I don't ever act like we're going through what people in Ukraine are going through. But think of it as these fake referenda that are happening in eastern Ukraine, that Russia, and this is sort of what the competitive autocracy people do, they want to give the appearance of an election by having people vote, even if the underlying legitimacy is in question or worse. And that's what they're clearly doing in, in eastern Ukraine, you know, to try and claim the people voted when it's clearly a absurd a quote unquote election. And in Ohio, it's been the same thing. So basically, we changed your constitution to forbid partisan gerrymandering. The rules are very clear. The state house and the state house leaders in charge of the process, unfortunately, that they're in charge of it, they broke the rules every single time they drew the map. They, they violated the Ohio constitution. The Ohio Supreme Court, which in the Ohio Constitution, it says very clearly, are the sole and exclusive jurisdiction over the constitutionality of the maps that are drawn by the legislature, found every single time, for obvious reasons when you see the maps, that they were unconstitutional. But the legislature here simply ignored them again and again and again. And they broke the law for so long that they basically put one of the maps for both Congress and another one for the State House that were unconstitutional on the Ohio ballot. And there is now an election where we will have these maps that are truly just illegal. Now, in one of the two cases, they ran to federal court, this is the State House case, and they got, just like this canon in Florida, they got two Trump judges to impose on, a, on Ohio an unconstitutional map. But it, this map is still unconstitutional by the Ohio Supreme Court, which is the one with the jurisdiction over all this. The other one, the congressional map, no, no court has ever upheld it. So we literally are watching right now this very sort of illegitimate process of Ohioans will be looking at districts that they're voting on in only weeks 
that are not legal under the very document that gives the people who will quote unquote win these elections the power in the first place. So it's a, it's basically like a rolling constitutional crisis. And here's the one other, and I don't want to overcomplicate it, but it just, this is, they hope, they just assume we won't believe it's as bad as it is. That people will have a reaction. Your friend does. No one will really believe what I'm saying, but it's all true. And I say this as a lawyer as well. The other thing they have done to try and get away with this is they change the, the Supreme court of Ohio, like Illinois is elected. And it's been a bipartisan four, three majority that has been striking down all the maps. So while they've continued to ignore that court, they also have changed the rules of how we elect justices to greatly favor their candidates. They added party ID to the ballot, which was never there before. So the other hope they have is that this November, they'll get a friendly court, which will sort of in, in hindsight go back and say, oh, forget forget the old rulings. Your maps are fine. So they're, they are literally basically breaking the Ohio Constitution for a year in the hope that by you know, December, January, they will have basically corrected it after the fact. I mean, that's how lawless they are. And what's scary to me is this could actually end up making the difference in who is in charge of the U.S. House, because we should have had six or seven Democrats coming out of Ohio for the for Congress if you would actually apply the rules. But because they've been breaking the rules, it may be three or four. So there really is an impact from all this. And, and I know it's Ohio, and this is very insider baseball, this is sort of how lawless they're getting. And my other worry is that if they're rewarded for basically doing what I described, they're going to do it elsewhere, too, whenever they can. You know, I mean, if, if it is, if these couple members make the difference in control of the House, but for them, Democrats retain control, I, I would tell Nancy Pelosi not to seat them and uh, make Ohio happy. And, and well, by well, the way, one other, I actually, I actually think that they have, they have, without most people seeing it, they they will have created a constitutional crisis. If you have a set of members from Congress who are on a map that is unconstitutional in that state, and by the way, what's the flip side of this? In New York, there was a finding that they too violated the Constitution. Remember that? And they yes, but in New York, the, the, the Democrats agreed with the judges. They complied with the law. The difference between New York complying with the law and Ohio continuing to violate the law could be the difference in who's in charge of Congress. And I believe that that's the case, that, yes, someone needs to get tough and see that this and what what you could do. A, you could have the Ohio Supreme Court winning. You could have the Ohio Supreme Court say in December, your map remains unconstitutional. None of you are actually validly elected. Or you have, you could have Congress, you could also have Congress say, hey, Jack, I'm on the phone. You could also have Congress say, hey, we're not seating these people. This is not a constitutional 15-person delegation. Go have an election on a map that the Ohio Supreme Court says is fair. I mean, that, right. that to me is a reasonable thing to look at, given what's happened. And, and until one side starts to play hardball, the other side's going to keep winning, because they're playing, obviously, serious hardball with breaking the law for a year straight. Yeah, and and your point that they're hoping to get different judges to then opine differently in the Supreme Court is an enormously cynical affront to the rule of law. The law is not supposed to change just because personnel change. And they change the rules. I mean, this is literally like Orban-style, you know, kind of autocracy stuff. 
it's not as if they ran you know, for Supreme Court races. You know how Democrats did. So they know that we were winning because their Trump voters did know who, who, who the judges were. And so it's not only that they're running another election, they change the rules to favor yep. their candidates. They're, they're cherry picking a court to overrule a court they don't agree with. I mean, literally, that is lawless. That is anti rule of law. And I would, you know, I'm, I'm a proud Ohioan, but if that succeeds, I mean, I can't say, and I'm a lawyer too. I can't say the rule of law remains in Ohio. If if you can literally ignore court for a year, seven times violate court orders, never be held to account, and also change the rules so you get yourself a court that then basically cleanses your illegality after the fact, I mean, I don't know what's left of the rule of law. That is what's happening right now. That's what's at stake in our three Supreme Court. Now, my, you know, I'm a fighter, so hopefully you can tell. I can't think of a better karma than beating their three candidates. And saying, yeah, okay, great? You, wanted, you wanted a court this December to look at your map? Well, we've got one for you. And it's five Democrats this time and not just three. That would be the greatest result ever. It's not easy. You know, the Chamber of Commerce and a lot of other big Republican groups love gerrymandered legislatures. They are going to, for broke to get their people in. We're obviously trying to fight. But um, we would. And by the way, one other thing. The chief justice currently. <laughs> just going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. She's a Republican. So this is not like a bunch of Democrats are the reason they're they're frustrated. The a a lifelong Republican, better known than any of these goofballs are, has been the chief justice who's written a whole lot of the opinions and been involved striking down her own party's maps the whole time. They were so frustrated with her that at some point they were talking about impeaching her because they just a Republican should uphold their illegality. She's, I think, term limited and she's stepping down. Yes. But I think exactly. she announced that she is going to dedicate her the, the next chapter of her life to the anti-gerrymandering fight that you have been championing. championing. Yeah. Are you going to get to work with her? She, uh, yeah, I would think so. But, but I hate to say it. I mean, I, I, I'd rather have her right now in the final months drop on the court on these guys so that like yeah. we don't. We, I think there still should be more accountability right this second. And, and the court, I think, feels somewhat hamstrung about what they could do to enforce their orders. I think there's, I, I mean, again, it's easy for me to say this from the cheap seats. I, I think they should find more robustness in their orders. I mean, they are representing the will of the people of Ohio. One, one thing that your listeners should understand, the constitutional language that we are talking about that forbade partisan gerrymandering was approved by 70% of the voters two different times. And I think the court needs to somehow find within itself, listen, these people are trying to violate the, the will of the people in the Ohio Constitution. We are the protectors of, the, of that will. And if they're going to violate our order six or seven times, we're going to have to sort of step it up in terms of how we treat these lawbreakers, which they are. So in addition to whatever she does after she retires, and I'm a huge fan of Chief Justice O'Connor, I think she's really stood up, but we don't see a lot of people right now willing to do what she's done. And she knew they were threatening impeachment and she still did it. But I actually think there's my hope is there's still uh, maybe a little bit of time for the court to even do more to enforce its orders. Uh, Because, again, if you have a court that's ruling a certain way, I mean, no other litigant in the world would get away with violating those orders. If you tried it or a business tried it, they'd get big trouble. And I think these legislators need to feel, I mean, this is a crisis for at all levels of politics. We need more people to feel accountability 
when they break the law, be it Donald Trump and classified documents or legislators that refuse to follow the Ohio Constitution. And I think courts need to figure that out and be a little more you know, robust in how they do that. Because without that accountability, the lesson is very clear. They will keep breaking the law. That's what they do. Yeah. And, and, and partisan courts, which is what the MAGA world wants, partisan courts. Right. You might as well take all our freedoms and throw them out the door because there is no rule of law. Hamilton wrote about this. A lot of people did when you have partisan captured courts. And and I, I think uh, the Republicans, now we can call them that, who are running for the seats on the Ohio Supreme Court, I think weren't three of them like doing the Q salute at Trump's rally just a week ago? They were there. They claimed that that was at the beginning of the rally. So we had this crazy Youngstown rally. I'm sure a lot of your listeners saw it where at the end, the Q salute went up, arms in the air, very reminiscent of some of the worst scenes in world history. Um, And there was a photo of all three justices, candidates, who are the ones who have upheld every gerrymandered map that they could get their hands on. Their hands were also in the air. They claimed that, oh, that wasn't when the Q stuff went up. That was in the beginning when we were introduced. But if you look closely, not to get into the weeds on this thing, that the photo of the three of them with their hands up was at 8.48 p.m. Mm-hmm. Trump began speaking at 7.40 p.m. So their claim that, well, we just got, they said to reporters who asked about this, we got introduced and left early. I'm like, this was an hour and 10 minutes into his speech. So the idea that you skedaddled after some brief introduction being is just not accurate. Uh, they were there. And again, this is not a sitting president giving a speech. This is a guy who's got all his problems. Three justices show up, and at one point, an hour in, they've got their hands in the air. It really was a disturbing photo. And, and, uh, and you know, one of them's the son of the current governor, right? Yeah and, yeah, and this is the other part that people should know. And again, I don't mean to only dwell on this, but I, I think that it's, as, as you said with your friend, the average person honestly wouldn't believe that this stuff was happening. It's gotten so bad. And it's, again, what happens when there's no accountability. The swing justice in December, if they succeed in winning their elections, who will take currently illegal maps and rule their legal, will be the son of a governor who is a justice, DeWine. Mike DeWine's the governor, Pat DeWine's the son. He's a Supreme Court justice. The law in Ohio, the ethical rules are crystal clear. And it's common sense. A son should not be ruling on cases where his dad is a defendant. If any judge at any level did that, they would probably be kicked out of the job. But he's a Supreme Court justice. You don't get kicked out, but he is violating the most basic ethical rule. So he has ruled so far in his dad's favor every single time. And so if they get their 4-3 reversal in December... It will only be because of a massive ethical violation, you know, not, not very different from Clarence Thomas not recusing on the Ginny Thomas involvement in, in January 6th. But it's again, it's in the wide open. They're at a Trump rally, arms in the air, in the wide open. A son sitting on his dad's cases in the wide open. I mean, and why, why are they doing that? Because if he had recused himself, which the law requires, Maureen O'Connor, the chief justice, would have named his replacement. And that mm-hmm. would very likely be a judge of either party that would actually not be just you know refusing to do their job and in, in, in striking down these maps. So this was all outcome driven. They know that if he if he had done the ethical thing, they probably would not have a chance to get these illegal maps you know resurrected. It's all as lawless 
you know, I, in a way, I almost feel naive that I remain so. Like, I believe in the rule of law, and I believe in ethics. And the reason, and you see me on Twitter or doing my other things, I will never, I think, lose my sort of passion when I see such egregious violations of basic ethics, basic rule of law, fundamental principles of democracy, all being broken in the wide open by Republicans in Ohio. And it's happening elsewhere. And here's my worry. My worry is that as people see the New York Democrats go along with a ruling that says to clean up their bad map, and Ohio Republicans be rewarded for violating the law here, that other states will say, what, why would we ever go along with court rulings when in Ohio they got away with violating them? We're going to see these, these state houses. In my book, I call it laboratories of autocracy. They're always learning from one another. This Ohio precedent of simply ignoring a state Supreme Court could become the precedent of other states because unless there's accountability for it, others will just do the same thing. So it's a really scary moment for Ohio, and it's it, the ripple effects. I worry will go way beyond Ohio, not just because it makes. No, it I, 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 I think we are a nation of laws, or we are not. And, exactly. Right? You either are a nation of laws, or you aren't. And there's no halfway in this. It can't be laws for us and not laws for them. That is not uh, a nation of laws. So, so this is a fundamental problem for the whole country. And I just want to clarify something because I. I, I know you did not say that you want us to behave like they behave, right? No, I mean, what no, New York I, did I, I was proper. Yeah, they, right. I'm a lawyer. I believe in following the law, but but yeah. but that's why I think when you see the other side, if you see the other side be rewarded for it, you know they're going to keep doing it, and that's why on our side, no, I don't think we should break the law. I think we should make sure that they are one held accountable when they break the law, and two, but to the extent we can keep that law breaking from being effective, as you said, if, yep. if you know, get this in front of the House and say, it, let's say they go through this and all of a sudden we're down to a couple seats, there should be a serious conversation. How can we seat an Ohio delegation where the map itself has been found every time to violate Ohio's own constitution? How can we do that? And let's say the, let's say the quiet part out loud for people who are listening who just aren't don't fully understand this. The the reason why this map is illegal is because it says to a lot of Democrats in Ohio, your votes count for less. We've do, we, we've done a map so that you actually have to win more votes than the majority in order to have an impact. We've diluted your votes by spreading them out across other districts. That's why yeah. this. That's and, why this has an impact. Yeah, and, and the Ohio Constitution is written very clearly that you cannot draw a map that unduly favors one party, and yep. it should follow the basic breakdown. So Ohio has 15 seats. If you look at, if there's a formula in the Ohio Constitution that says the map should generally reflect the statewide results of the last 10 years. That would mean an eight or nine Republican over a seven or six Democratic delegation. You know, eight, seven in a good year for Democrats, nine, six in not so good year. The the math they've drawn is probably 12-3 in a bad year for us, 13-2. Maybe in a good year, 11-4. Like, they've stolen several seats in clear violation of the very thing they take an oath to follow, the law of Ohio. It's not legit. That's why I go back to the Russia example. In the same way we look at that Russia sham referendum and say, we don't care that people are voting, 
the, uh, there is an underlying illegitimacy to the election. So even if people show up and vote for something, we don't credit that as real. Well, that's happening here. The map that, that people are voting on itself is illegal. And the process, now Republicans are going to say, oh, the people voted. But like, the voting does not cleanse the problem. The problem is a map that violates the Ohio Constitution. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, well, so Democrats can be tough. We can follow the law and be tough. We don't have to be bullied or pushed around. There is a lot of strength in doing the right thing if we have the courage to do it. Yeah, no, I agree, and I appreciate your clarification. I am a a law follower. If you hear my – when I get fired up, it's because I'm seeing lawlessness that we ate – I see, I see like the New York Times the other day and other newspapers. They treat this as they sort of normalize it all by saying, well, you know, Democrats have had wins and losses in gerrymandering. And that may mean the Republicans win the House. This is not a win and loss. This is not a dispute. This is one side breaking the law. And every newspaper article that summarizes the gerrymandering in this country should say, well, in Ohio, they broke the law. And it needs to be covered that way like it would somewhere else. And we kind of sanitize it because, like your friend originally said, we actually don't want to believe that in America people just break the law and may get away with it. That currently is a state of affairs in Ohio. Right. It's and much easier to believe everybody's guilty about in politics. Yeah. Much easier to believe everybody's guilty. Um, right. And, and right. Democrats have taken dark money and Democrats have gerrymandered. But only Democrats want to make both of those things illegal. Correct. We're the ones with the bill in the Senate that says, and gerrymandering, the Republicans yep. are the one where not one single member will support it. So I get, I get hit with both sides everywhere. And I say, you know, yep, yes, Democrats, there will be a race to the bottom no matter what. It's going to happen. That's why you want to ban it nationally. You want a national prohibition on partisan gerrymandering. And the only people who support that are the Democrats. And the Republicans, yep. you know, and two Democrats, sadly, are thinking a filibuster should be used to stop it. A filibuster has no place when it comes to legislation protecting democracy itself. But let's be clear, only Democrats support ending gerrymandering when it's actually called out in Washington, and every Republican will will call it a name and never do it, and that's where we're stuck where we are. Yep, yep, yep. And and Um, when Democrats were found to violate the law in New York, they followed it. When Republicans were caught to violate the law in Ohio, they broke it. And so that there's yep. no both sides to that. Um, and, and the side right now that's following the law is being punished by because the other side just continues to break the law. David, um, but by I the way, let me just say one thing. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to leave everyone hopeless. I love your tweets. There are so many organizations in so many ways that everyone listening can fight back. I only do what I do and write my book like you're on the show because I'm an optimist, but we've got to fight back. So there are ways, don't just hear this and think I give up. The, the, the groups you mentioned, the groups I refer to in my book, there are so many groups that are helping do the things that have to be done. So I retweeted a lot of your tweets. That's the Thank way you. we can fight, fight back. It's so important yep. that we not give up hope. We just keep fighting smartly and more robustly than we have in the past. All right, David, I have to take one more break before we finish up the hour together. Um, uh, And I have a lot more to talk to you about. So, everybody, I'm I'm talking to David Pepper in case you are on a rock and didn't know that. We have a lot more to talk about, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment.